Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Podcast, equipping people to live successful Christian lives. Well, good morning, Abundant Life Church. My name is Austin. I am the Connections Coordinator here at the church. I know it's a fun job. Kristen's my boss. She's a great boss. Uh, So thank you. Uh, And I'm just so thankful for the opportunity to come today and to kick off this Next Generation Sunday by talking about being rooted in prayer. Um, But before we get started, I just want to give a big shout out, a big thanks to the um, pastoral staff here at the church for entrusting this service to Jeannie, Lucas, and myself. I know that it's just so important to raise up the next generation. And this is just a perfect visual picture of what goes on every week here behind the scenes. And that is pouring into this next generation of leaders, raising them up and then just commissioning them into the work that God has called them to. So thank you guys. I know I speak for Jeannie and Lucas when I say thank you guys so much for this opportunity. But anyway, so let's hop into this. Let's talk about being rooted in prayer. Um, So to preface this, I'm not gonna talk about how to be more rooted in prayer because I believe deep down, we all know the things that are drawing us away from being rooted in prayer. The distractions, the this, the that, life is busy. Like, it's easy to get distracted, so I'm not going to talk about that, because deep down, I think we know how we can confront those and overcome those. But I want to talk about, instead, three reasons that we have to be rooted in prayer, church. So reason number one is because this next generation, this generation that's coming up right now, they need that from us more than anything else. The darkness that is hovering over this generation, clearly visible. The depression, the anxiety, the self-harm, the self-hate, it's all so clear And I've often wondered that why is this generation being attacked more than every other generation, it seems. It's because I believe that this next generation, this generation that's coming up right now, they are going to do so many mighty things for the kingdom of God that this is the enemy's only chance is to get them when they're young, when they're immature and experienced. So we got to be rooted in prayer for them because they need that from us. We need to come alongside them. We need to be speaking life over them, reminding them of God's promises, who God made them to be. It's just that is what we're here for. I'm reminded of Paul and Timothy, because you see, Paul was a spiritual father and mentor to Timothy. But like, Paul knew all of Timothy's weaknesses, his shortcomings, and his failures, but he didn't lord that over him. He didn't say, well, I'm Paul, and back in my day, it was, we didn't have these issues. You know what I mean? We can do that so easily. There's this attitude. I've had to confront that in my own life, because we just, you know, we just try to get that pride and that arrogance. It's like, that doesn't have a place here. I've had to put that to death in my own life, because that's not helping anybody. That's not what Christ would do. And that's not what Paul did with Timothy. Because what did he do? He commissioned him. He sent him out. He's, he reminded him who God created him to be and the calling God placed on his life. Wouldn't it be amazing if that's how my generation and the other generations previous that are present here today are remembered? It's a generation of Paul's to this generation's Timothy's. Just to come alongside him, encourage him, the love of Christ. Because that's what we're here for. And I believe that we can do that. And, you know, I believe the first way to do that is to get firmly, firmly rooted in prayer for this generation. But I believe God's putting on the hearts of people here today that you're going to say, you know, yeah, I'm going to be rooted in prayer for this generation. Yes, definitely. But I want to go a step beyond that. I want to be actively involved in investing in this generation and raising up the next men and women of God. And if God is placing that on your heart, please don't squash that out. Because that's that's what we're called to do. And if you do have that place on your heart, talk to somebody today. Talk to Pastor Julia. Talk to Pastor Mike. Talk to me. Find somebody. Go to Info Central because there is a place here at this church where you can be investing in this generation. So let's do it. Let's get behind it. So that's reason number one, that we have to be rooted in prayer. And that's more of a personal one. And the third one's going to be personal. This is more corporate. Reason number two is kind of for the church as a whole. Um, The second reason that we have to be rooted in prayer is because we have to align ourselves with the will of God. We have to. Of all the reasons for prayer, in my opinion, this one may be the most important. And why is that? Because look around. Look at the worship. Look at our preaching, our ministries. We can do every single one of those things and not be aligned with the will of God. God has made some pretty creative and some pretty inventive people. And when that comes to ministry, it can be really dangerous if you don't use it properly. I think we've all either been a part of a ministry or seen ministries that start out so rooted in prayer, so aligned with the will of God, 
but then something happens. There's a shift, a little compromise here, a little drift there, and before you know it, this ministry that was serving the Lord so faithfully at the beginning is miles away from the will of God, and it's operating under its own strength, and it will eventually just collapse under its own weight. Church hurt, so prevalent in this nation, and I guarantee you church hurt is prevalent in this room. I wanna share my own personal story here of church hurt. So I was born and raised in the church. My granddad was a pastor from before the time I was born and for the first like 20 years of my life. So I grew up in the church, but he's getting older, so he decides to retire, you know, it's time to step away. And so we basically give our church, our ministry, our property to another ministry that's looking for a place to call home. And things go really well for the first six to eight months. Everything's going smooth, but then something happens. Attitudes that were there, that weren't there before, are now popping up. And this all comes to a head one Sunday morning as me and my grandparents and a few other people are going to church like we always do. Uh, But this time we are met at the door by one of their elders. And he said, you're not allowed to be here, you're not welcome here, and you have to leave. So it's like, you want to talk about church hurt? This is the place I grew up. This is the place I found Christ in for 20 years, and you just just tossed away like it's nothing. I'm not going to lie. I didn't go to church for a time after that. Like, can you blame me? I mean, like, how do you come to terms with what just happened here? But to drag it back to point one for a second, there were experienced, seasoned believers, as Julia would say, who were praying into my life. They were praying that I would find another place to call home, find the place of community, They were praying that over my life, and I did. And I thank God that this church here is rooted in being committed to finding the will of God and aligning ourselves with it, because otherwise we're just going to cause destruction in our path. So that's the second reason that we have to be rooted in prayer. And so the third and final reason that we have to be rooted in prayer is because we need to start taking ground for the kingdom of God, church. Like We can't be content with just sitting on the sidelines here. Like, now when I talk about taking ground, I don't mean just physical, although it can be. What do you think Clearbrook is? We saw a dark spot in our community, and we decided we're not going to sit idly by and just watch this community go further and further into darkness. But instead, we're going to go into this community, and we're going to shine the light of the gospel to a lost and hurting people. And we did it, we're still doing it, and we're going to continue to do it because God has called us here. So we've got to start taking ground, but it's not just physical. It's a, it's a mostly spiritual battle. Because what does it say in Ephesians 6, 12? We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against principalities and powers and authorities and spiritual things in the high and heavenly places. Because you see, when you start to start taking ground for the kingdom of God, the enemy is going to throw everything he can at you. Because this is all he has. He doesn't have anything beyond this. He doesn't have a kingdom afterwards. This is all he has. So what's he going to do? He's going to start speaking lies over you. He's going to bring up stuff from your past. He's going to do everything he can to discourage you from stopping to spread the light and stop taking ground. But we know that greater is he who's in us and greater is he that's in the world, you know, because Christ has already overcome this darkness at the cross and at the resurrection, and he's continuing to overcome this darkness until eventually he declares total victory over it because I don't know if you guys have read ahead in the Bible to Revelation, but spoiler alert, we win. It's not even close. So, like, so to anybody, to the discouraged believer, the downtrodden person in here today, take heart because he has overcome the world. And when the enemy is throwing all this darkness and all this stuff into your life, just remember that Christ is with you, that you're not wasting your time with this. You know, because the enemy, he's going to be like, you know, you're not making any impact. You're not doing anything for the kingdom of God. This is nothing. You're wasting everybody's time, energy, resources. Everything you're doing doesn't matter, but it's not true. So remember that, take heart and be encouraged today that he is still working today. So I'm reminded, a couple years ago, Pastor John gave a sermon illustration, and it had to be Super Bowl Sunday, because we talked about football. We don't talk about football a lot, you know, so it was probably Super Bowl. Um, But he was saying that in football, on every down, you have three options. You either take ground, you lose ground, or you go nowhere. But here's the thing. You only have four chances to get that first down. So in reality, to go nowhere is to lose ground. I don't want to be a generation of believers that's content with sitting on the sidelines and playing defense with the ground that we already have, and we're called to go out and take more ground for the kingdom of God and spread that gospel light. Because here's the thing. 
when Jesus is talking to Peter in Matthew 16 and he says that on this rock that I'm gonna build my church and the gates of hell won't stand against it, we think that as defensive, but it's not. It's offensive. We're supposed to go out and about and start spreading the gospel, encouraging people in the love of Christ and to show them that even though things may seem hopeless, that there are greater things above. So that's the third reason that we have to be rooted in prayer. So to kind of wrap this all up, to summarize this, you know, it's my prayer for us today that we get you know, just firmly rooted in prayer for this next generation. We come alongside, we raise them up, we pour into them, and that we align ourselves with the will of God and that we start taking ground for the kingdom of God. All right, so that's all I have. But there is more to this equation than being rooted in prayer because I'm really, really excited to hear what Jeannie is gonna come and talk to us about. So I would like a big, abundant life welcome to the lead. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, no, no. I like the excitement, but I'm not done yet. Hold on. Uh, a big, abundant life welcome to the leader of our Breaking Chains Ministries and a great woman of God. Please give it up for Jeannie Mills. Thank you. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High shall find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare of the Lord. He is my only refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I will trust in him. Amen? Well, good morning, church. (laughs) I'm not going to apologize if I cry. That's just who I am. My name is Jeannie Mills, for those of you who don't know me, and I am the leader of Breaking Chains. And I'm humbled to share with you this morning about being rooted in the word. I have three points that help me stay rooted, and I'd like to share them with you, if I can stop shaking. The first point is this. You need a Bible. (laughs) John 1.1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Church, the Word is Jesus. And to stay rooted in Him, you need a Bible to understand Him and who He is. A Bible is the key that unlocks all knowledge. It is our instruction manual. How are you going to know if the devil is lying to you or if God is leading you if you don't know the word? Amen? When I came back to Christ seven years ago, I realized there were a few things I didn't understand. I knew I needed a Bible, and conveniently, I found one while moving some things around in storage. Can you say, but God? (laughs) It belonged to my daughter and had been given to her by my sister. I picked it up to look at it, and I could not put it down. It was a New Believer's Bible by Greg Laurie. Um, I read the preface, the introduction, and these growth tracks. It explained to me that seasons are not just spring, summer, winter, and fall, but actually a time that you were in, and sometimes those times last weeks, months, years, What are angels? What are demons? What is heaven? What is hell? I knew what they were. It took me all through the Bible and explained it, and it backed it up with Scripture. I understood what it truly meant to be blind, but now I see. I heard God talking to me, and it set me on fire. Not long after I started breaking chains, I came across Ephesians 2.21. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Wow. And then 2 Timothy 4.2, preach the word. Be persistent whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently rebuke, correct, and encourage your people with good teaching. That was God showing me and teaching me how to do it, which brings me to my next point. Memorizing scripture. When you come across a word or scripture that seems to speak to you or maybe jumps off the page, highlight it. Take note of it. It is God talking to you, you, through Scripture. By a show of hands, who has a hard time memorizing? Anybody? Come on. Quit lying to me, guys. Come on. Okay. John 3, 16. For God so loved that he gave, come on, his only begotten son that you, y'all can memorize. Come on. Most of you know that. 
So it's not as hard as we make it out to be. It requires a little effort. Um, I myself use index cards, write the scripture on one side, the verse on the other. In order to memorize, I like to write. It's a lost art to some of you. <laughs> but you just write before you go to bed at night, write it again when you get up in the morning, just keep on doing it. And after a while, you, you don't even have to look at the scripture, you know it. And then you move on to the next one. <laughs> Memorizing scripture is one of the best tools you can have in the ongoing battle against evil in this world. Here's a few I'd like to share that I use in my prayer time. Psalm 139, 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Psalm 27, 13. I will remain confident in this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Church, we need that one every morning before we walk out the door. Romans 12, 21. Do not let yourself be overcome by evil, but overcome evil by doing good. Personalize it. I will not let myself be overcome by evil. I will overcome evil by doing something good. Matthew 26, 41. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, personalize it. I will watch and pray so that I will not fall into temptation. My spirit is willing, and I will not let my flesh be weak. 2 Timothy 4.17 hangs on the wall in my prayer room. But the Lord stood by me and gave me strength. One day I'm sitting there, and I'm like, what, Lord? I'm staring at it, and he's telling me, look it up, look it up. So I did. <laughs> but the Lord stood by me and gave me strength so that I might preach the good news to all the Gentiles, he rescued me from certain death. Some scripture says he rescued me from the lion's mouth. He did. I'm living proof. I wouldn't be up here otherwise. <laughs> Ephesians 6.19, I prayed over myself this morning. <laughs> Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. And my favorite that I have made my own is Psalm 13, 5, and 6. Y'all can't have this one. It's mine. <laughs> I trust in your unfailing love. I rejoice because you rescued me. And I will sing to the Lord because he has been so good to me. Which brings me to my third point in staying rooted. Action. Worship. Singing to God for all he has done, will do, and is going to do like in your life and the lives of those around you. Church. <laughs> Some of you may hear me holler hallelujah <laughs> or have seen me jumping like I have ants in my pants and you see my husband slowly move out into the aisle so he doesn't get hit by my hands. And you may think I'm crazy, but you don't know my story just like I don't know yours. The songs, <laughs> they hit every Sunday. And I don't care what anyone thinks. This is my time to praise. I will not apologize A couple of weeks ago, we sang a song. It's called Nothing Else. And it says, I'm caught up in your presence. I just want to sit here at your feet. I'm caught up in this holy moment. I never want to leave. I went to the altar. It hurts to get on my knees. And don't be surprised if I keep doing it and I turn around and ask somebody to help me back up. But sometimes I just, it, get, it gets so bad that I just I sit on the floor. But again, I don't care. I won't apologize. I needed to show God I needed him that morning. I was being obedient. And sometimes when you see me up there, it's not for me. It's for someone else. Someone God places on my heart. And going to the altar shows I'm listening. Action. It can come in the form of worship or raising hands, praising his name, shouting amen and hallelujah. But some of you are afraid to take it. Why? Because of what others will think. Because you're uncomfortable? Because of pride? Let your faith be bigger than your fear. Get up and move. God wants to see you take action. Show God you want his presence. You're not just moving your lips to the song. Don't care what you look like to others. I was recently told by a mother <clears throat> how much her daughter loved to watch me worship and share my testimony. She could relate to it. She understood why I cling so tightly to Jesus. Church, 
If I worry about what others think, and if I stop raising my hands and praising him, I'm going to go back to the way I was, and I don't want that ever. I have come too far. (laughs) Praising him keeps my spirit alive and activates something deep inside my soul, and others see it. It makes them want it for themselves. Don't be afraid of what others might think. You may think it shows weakness for a big, strong man or a woman who seems so together to come to the altar, but it shows strength and character and a commitment to Christ who died for you. And it shows that you want him to work in your life. You want change? Show him you are serious. Get on your knees. Raise your hands in praise. And when you feel that nudge, go. God already knows your heart. But you need action for you. In taking action, you may be helping someone else take theirs. Get out of your comfort zone. Join me at the altar. Show God you want to be rooted in him. First Chronicles 16, 11, and 12. Search for the Lord and for his strength and keep on searching. Think of all the wonderful work he has done. The miracles and the judgments he's handed down. Get a Bible you can understand. Start memorizing scripture so that you can hide it in your heart and use it to help keep you strong in Christ. Move out of your comfort zone into a deeper relationship with him. Raise those hands in praise and invite him into your heart. Get rooted in the word. Thank you. And now, will you please welcome Lucas Dial? who is our communications director, and he handles all our media, so all the neat stuff you see, that's all, that's all. Amen, amen. Well, Abundant Life Church, I'm happy to be able to speak to you guys today. Um, I'm kind of a a newer face to a lot of you guys. If, If you don't know me, my name's Lucas Dial. Um, I just started working here last year. It's almost been a year since I've been here. Um, But yeah, uh, I'm really excited that I'm able to kind of share about community today because community is a big one to me. Um, You know, I found Christ in community. I found Christ in the church. Um, I grew up in church all my life, but I didn't know who God really was. I knew God was this this being who uh, loves us. He sent his son, but I never really accepted him as my savior until a few years ago. and I went to a program in Philadelphia for ministry school, and that was really where God showed me the community you're in is not necessarily the community you would choose, but it's the community I have you in for the season to learn and to grow and to be stretched and molded by what I want you to be in the future. And I'll just say this, last year around December 2020 was when God told me, get ready to leave school, and in that same time, he was making a place and a home for me here at Abundant Life Church. And I'm just a product of the fruit of, of what God has done in, in this church and my life. And so I'm excited to kind of give you guys a, like a testimony and celebrate, you know. <laughs> so I'm going to be talking about uh, community today. And I was thinking about it as I was writing down um, some notes. Um, and I, I thought to myself, what is community? And why is it so com- important to God that he had community and why he created it for us? Uh, I wrote it down and I said, and I said uh, community is important to God because God loves people and he knows that we need people. We need each other. Um, he created us to live in community um, and receive support from one another. And this is the place, this is the place where we can exercise scripture, we can see fruit produced, and we can come together. Um, the main verse I really want to read out of is kind of summing up um, being rooted in prayer, being rooted in the word, and rooted in community. And then what? And the next. Uh, so in Luke 6, 12 through 19, it says, he then came down with them and stopped at a piece of level ground where there was a large gathering of his disciples. There was a great crowd of people from all parts of Judea and Jerusalem and the coastal area of Tyre and Sidon who had come to hear him and cure their diseases. And people tormented by unclean spirits were also cured. Everyone in the crowd was trying to touch him because power came out of him and that cured them all. And I was drawn to this scripture because you kind of see all the miracles that Jesus did, but what happened before that? You know, Jesus spent the night in solitude with God before this. In the morning, he gathered with his disciples around him and formed community. 
And then in the afternoon with the disciples and apostles, he went out and preached the word and did the ministry. And that's the structure that Jesus laid it out. You be in solitude. You, you grow your relationship with God in the quiet time. You grow in the word. You pray. You seek God. You form community, whether it's you're the community, community of the church, community at work, community in your, your sports, uh, your schools. Those are all communities that God has rooted and planted you in. Don't leave it. You shine the light of Christ in that community, and after that, you do the ministry. And that is also your, the community you're in, whether it's your work, your school, your sports. Those are also the communities of ministry you can do, and here too. You know, I, I grew up pretty introverted. Um, I'm a pretty introverted person at heart. Um, I struggled with communicating and talking to people, and so I'm just a fruit of what God has done in me. And to be able to stand on the stage, I can clearly say that God has changed me because otherwise I would not be able to look at any of you in the eyes. I would not be able to talk to you. I would be sitting quiet, kind of curling in my shell. But, you know, God really changed me. And if he can do it to me, he can do it for you. And I love what Jeannie said. You know, we need to go out there. And what Austin said, we need to take ground because that's important as the community of Christ. We're supposed to bring the community of Christ into our communities that aren't Christ. Um, and so that's, those are just some things I wanted to hit on. I wanted to, I was actually this morning, this is kind of a last minute thing. I was looking through some of my notes and uh, I was like, you know, I feel like I'm missing something. And I look back at a sermon that I heard from a, a, a dear mentor of mine several years ago and he listed in his sermon was, why do we need the church? And I'm just going to list off of some, some of these. If they ring true with you, you can amen, hoot, holler, whatever. But um, we need to, the church because we need a place to study the Bible together as believers. We need a place to worship with other believers. We need a place to encourage other believers. We need a place to love the body of Christ with other believers. We need a place where we can serve with one another as believers. We need a place where we can and experience the healing power of God with other believers. We need a place where we can fulfill the Great Commission with other believers. You know, we need a place where we can bring our tithes and offerings. We need a place where we can serve. We need a place where we can partner with others. And those were just some of the quick notes there that I took, but I was reading those. There's so much power there because in community, there's so many branches that branch out from them. You know, Communion with God in solitude is where we find the call to dis uh, discover the call to community. You know, I never realized how much I needed people until I was taken away from it. You know, I struggled with depression. I struggled with separating myself from people, the church, people that I loved, and I separated myself from them. And I was attacked. And I think of the story of the, the good shepherd where uh, the lamb leaves the 99, but Christ goes and chases the one. I can just imagine what that one sheep felt, whether it was on purpose or accident. Imagine the, the amount of just scaredness and uh, separation from the group. You know, there's power in numbers, and that's why, the, that's why the word says to where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. You know, he's here right now. You know, there are some disciplines that I wrote down in uh, for community, and within community, the disciplines of forgiveness, celebration, and partnership, those are the three, some of all, biggest ones that I believe are uh, the biggest ones for why community exists here in the church. Forgiveness is to allow others not to be God. Forgiveness is the place where it's the external act of forgiving someone can only be done in community. You can accept forgiveness from God, from other people, but you can't give forgiveness unless you're in community. In celebration, you bring honor and glory to God for something he has done, but you can't celebrate without a community. You know, when you, you, get, you get some good news and you're like, oh, I gotta share with somebody. I gotta share some of this with somebody. That's what we do here. This is a place of celebration. That's why we have house party. We celebrate testimony. We celebrate what God is doing, you know, all the, the salvations we have, that's awesome. We celebrate it at House Party here. We celebrate it with one another. And you know that one of the ones that I think is my, one of my favorites is partnership with one another. You know, it's, I, I kind of wrote down notes here. It says, partnership to help each other in trying times, to carry each other's burdens, 
being intentional to help someone in your community who's struggling with the weight of life, encouraging one another and edifying, building them up. That's what the church is for. We're here to build each other up. We're here to allow for healing. You know, and all these are, these are being rooted in community, being rooted in the word, being rooted in prayer. These are all things we need to be rooted in, grow roots deeper into Christ. But what for? For the ministry, for the, for the people that don't yet know who he is, for the ones who don't yet have roots, you know? So these are all the things that, you know, God has just been, uh, he's just been speaking through us. And Pastor John, I thank you for the setting the tone for the year, especially for the, the vision of being rooted because there is so much winds going on. There's so much wind going on. There's so much storms going on that we need to be rooted in times that are seeming to shake the church a little harder. You know, we really need to sink our roots deeper. And I, and, and I really want you guys to think of this. You're in the season of your life right now because God wants you to grow. He wants you to reach people that I can't reach, that we can't reach, some other person hasn't have reached to, whether it's your family, a person you work with, your neighbor, to love unconditionally. And lastly, I just want to share one more thing is that, you know, no matter the circumstance, he still loves through anything. You know, Jesus still loves even through the hardest of trials. No matter how, how hard someone's life can be, you know, Jesus still loved enough to come down from heaven and die on the cross for their sins. And for me, I was in a, when I was in, Philly in the ministry school, I was, I kind of shared this briefly, but I was connected with a bunch of people and I got plugged into a community that I necessarily would not have wanted to choose. You know, God said, you going here. And I said, okay, God, I'm going to do that. I'm going to go there and be faithful. He put me with people that I wouldn't choose. He put me under leadership I wouldn't choose, but I submitted to it. And when he brought me here, I was like, God, you just blessed me with the people that I, if I knew these people, I would choose to be at this church. You know, and I share this with Pastor John and Kristen every day because it means a lot. Community does mean a lot because it really changed me. And I just want to encourage everyone here. This is a family that will not leave you. They will not forsake you. This is a place of love. This is a place of acceptance. And when I came here the first day and met my, my pastors, I was like, I'm all in. This is, this is my place. So I just want to say from a, a, an outsider coming in and becoming a part of the flock, this is a a place of, of acceptance, and this is a place really where, you know, I believe God is going to do big things in the future. He's doing big things now, and I hope what we've said today really just enforces that and to commission you guys, really go into your communities. Get in the, get in the closet and pray. Get in, get in your word and read it. Eat it. Really feed on the word because this is these are times we're walking into where we really need to be rooted, not just one, with one another, but with God. So I'm just going to pray out on Pastor John if you want to come up. But Father God, Lord, thank you so much for this time, Lord. Father, thank you for the words that have been spoken, Lord. Thank you for growing in us, Lord, a craving and a desire to be rooted more in you, more in the word, more in prayer, and more in this community, God, and that we can fulfill the great commission in the ministry that you have for us. Father, I pray a hedge of protection over each individual in this room. Father, as you are speaking to each person right now, Lord, God, you are speaking new, new words and new, new direction of wisdom, God. You are speaking a new life and a new season, Lord, into each person's life here, Lord. And I pray a specific peace over this house, God, that you would reign in this place. Father, that the chaos of this world would fade and people as they walk in would experience your love and your peace here in this house, Lord. Father, we thank you for all you are doing in our community, in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. He created us to do that. And I have this wonderful opportunity to lead a mentorship group for our church. In my home, I have wonderful ladies. I love them so much. They are amazing. We get together once a month, and we come and we laugh and we cry, and we love to eat. We love to eat, like, themed things, too. We, we love to eat. And we have a little discussion time. And after that discussion time, I always ask that question, who would like to close us in prayer? Do you remember playing freeze tag as a child? That's what happens. Would you like to close us in prayer? It's like deer in headlights. Nobody wants to do it. So I would always end up praying. And I said, this is a problem. So I took it to Pastor Kristen. I said, 
how can I get my ladies to pray? So she had a great suggestion. So I passed out index cards, and everybody wrote down a prayer. And then with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, we had a wonderful, beautiful prayer time where everybody prayed. And after I closed this out and said, amen, we sat there for a second, and they said, well, we can pray. Now you know. And you can. You can pray. Everybody in this room can pray. So that's one of my challenges to you today, to pray. Now, when Jesus was in the height of his ministry in Galilee, he had his disciples, and he would take time to pray. So if you look in your Bibles, if you have them with you, um, Scripture is going to come up in a minute. Um, but in Luke 11:1, 1, it says this. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. And I'm going to stop there for a minute because this is kind of curious. Jesus' disciples wanted to learn to pray. These are men that were raised in the Jewish tradition, so they knew the prayers of the Passover and probably the Sabbath, but that's the only prayers that they knew, and they didn't know how to pray. And they saw Jesus praying and said, Lord, teach us how to do that. Because you see, the Pharisees and the Sadducees were the leaders of the church, and it was their job to pray. So they taught themselves how to pray. And Jesus warns us not to pray like the Pharisees and Sadducees who brought attention to themselves instead of honoring God. So that's a warning for us. But the disciples wanted to learn how to pray. Jesus goes on then to tell us the Lord's Prayer. Now, it wasn't named the Lord's Prayer when Jesus said it, of course, but he goes on to teach them the Lord's Prayer. And that's an entire sermon within itself. But I am going to challenge you right now to read the Lord's Prayer aloud with me. Now, you may have grown up saying the Lord's Prayer in your church. You may have said it on somber occasions like funerals or weddings. But this is Abundant Life Church, and it is not a somber occasion. We are going to praise the Lord by opening our mouths and saying the Lord's Prayer together. So we're going to say it. It's going to be up behind me, and we're going to say it together. So let's say this together. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You prayed out loud. Good job, everyone. You did a great job. Now, my challenge for you is to go and pray out loud in your homes because your children need to learn how to pray. Students, go pray in your schools because the Lord needs, the world needs to hear the Lord's name. Go and do the workplace and pray. When someone comes up to you and has a problem, say, let me pray for you and pray for them. Pray for them. I just want to challenge you to do that. God gave us a voice to honor him and to share the light that we have with the whole world. Amen. Amen. I'm going to close in prayer. I haven't prayed. <laughs> Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you, Jesus, for this time, Lord. I pray your anointing on Carla and Alec as they come forward. And I thank you that you have given us a voice to praise you and glorify you and honor you in all that we do. Be with us as we go from this place so that we may shine your light into all the world so that they may know your love like we know your love. Thank you for being a mighty and precious God. We love you so much in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So our next speaker is Alec. He is an amazing worship leader. He's a talented musician, and he's married to a pretty cool lady. He's our Julia, our youth pastor. So welcome, Alec. Good morning, ALC. How are we doing? I thought this was second service. Y'all are pretty quiet there. How are we doing today? 
That's what I like. Y'all had that extra hour and a half to sleep in. No excuses today. No excuses. Well, like Trish said, my name is Alec. Uh, That is true. Uh, I serve as our youth worship leader every Wednesday, and I serve with my lovely wife, Pastor Julia. If you have not met her, she is my better half. Uh, and she is my saner half. So <laughs> a lot of people think that I am the introvert, but then when they get to know us, Julia's like, uh. <laughs> so it, it's a lot of fun. Uh, forgive me if my voice sounds raspy. We just got back from a week of youth camp. Where are my students at? Got a little section way up top there. Uh, we had an awesome week. We encountered God in a fresh new way. It was an incredible, incredible week. We saw lives transformed, uh, lives transformed, students called into ministry. It was a powerful, powerful time. But as we continue talking about this uh, series and this uh, theme of being rooted, Trish has talked about prayer, and I want to talk to you all about being rooted in the Word of God. How many of you all believe that this thing is important right here, this book? It's more than just a self-help book, amen? It's more than just a book that teaches us how to do right and wrong. It's more than a list of do's and don'ts. We believe that this book changes lives and has throughout centuries, amen? So the word of God is our foundation. The word of God is our? Oh, nice. Y'all are listening today. I like that. Usually if I do that on a youth service, I'd be like, the word of God is? Crickets. That's it. That's it. No one wants to speak up. So this is nice. Yes. So the word of God is our foundation. And so I'm saying that it all starts here. Everything starts here. We are to build our lives on these very words. And just like how many of you all have built a, ha- built a house before, whether you're a carpenter or maybe you've had a house built for you at one point, not as many hands. How many of you all have ever played with Legos before? There we go. Y'all are my people. Y'all are my people. So yes, when you are building Legos, you don't start building the roof and then work the way up, right? You start with a foundation. You start at ground level. And you need a strong and steady foundation so that it can not only take the weight of what's being built on it, but take the pressure that's being brought from the outside. Because how many of you believe that the call of God, it's not just something light that you can just, you know, go in and out with. The call of God, it's strong. It's heavy. It's powerful. But also, the world is going to be fighting for your attention just as much as God is. And we need this word to be hidden in our hearts. Amen? And see, when I was a kid, I loved Legos. I really did. And you know, with every set of Legos that you buy, you typically get an instruction manual. Because, and you know, depending if it's like a set, set, like I love the Lego Star Wars stuff because I would always build like the cool spaceships. I was like, this is awesome. This is sick. But me having crusty eight-year-old fingers, I was not going to know how to build a Death Star in like <laughs> two hours without the instruction manual. I needed instructions how to figure out how to get where I needed to go. And a, lot, and a lot of times, our Bibles, the Word of God, will act like an instruction manual for our lives. It teaches us how to live, how to pray, how to fast, how to seek God, how to build relationships with people. The Word of God equips us to do all of those things. 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 and 17 says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Our God is creative. He's powerful, incredible, awe-inspiring, miracle-working. And he's gifted our generation to access his word at any point. How many of you all actually own a physical copy of a Bible? Good. I like to see most hands. Uh, How many of you all own a phone? See? And see, if you don't have a Bible, I know that you probably have a phone. I saw way more hands for phones than I did see when I did see Bible. And you can download a whole Bible on your phone. And just to think, in 2008, that sentence would not have made, before 2008, that sentence would not have made sense. Because in 2008, that was when the first Bible app was released. And think about it. We have the access to the entire word of God at our fingertips. But the way our generation is going right now, we have such a lack of care for it. A study that I recently found while I was researching for this sermon showed that in 2021, 11% of American churchgoers read their Bible once a day. Only 11 And now at first I thought, that's 
not too bad considering, you know, 11% of all of America. That's a really big number that I can't pronounce. Uh, but until I saw that the year before that was 13%, and the year before that, 16 all the way back to 2016 when it showed that 20% of churchgoers all across America were reading their Bible. So within the span of uh, since 2016 to now, we've dropped about 10%. And while the number of churchgoers who never read their Bible is not only increasing, it's more than double the amount who do. And when I read that, amen, someone's praying in the back there. Uh, <laughs> when I read that, it, it really startles me. Because we're a generation of the church, capital C, not just Abundant Life, but capital C church as a whole in the world. That is not just That we're just scratching the surface of who God is. And what he's saying, his word is right here or it's right here. And then we don't decide to dive deeper into his word. And, you know, we make excuses. We get busy. We get stressed. Anxiety is at an all-time high. Depression at an all-time high. Access to drugs and alcohol. You can get them at an earlier age. Pornography is being exposed to our children as early as 11 years old. The world is fighting for your attention just as much as God is, if not harder. And that's why this has to be our what? Foundation. Everything, everything starts here. Psalms 1, verses 2 and 3. But those who delight in the law of the Lord and who meditate on his law day and night, uh, that person is like a tree planted on streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. Whose leaf does not wither and yields fruit in season. I love fruit. I'll be honest. I love strawberries. I love peaches. I love apples. Man, right now it's peach season, and I keep just waiting to go to Richard's Farm Market up the road because they have the best peach milkshake on the face of the planet and if you haven't had it, you got to go get some. But I really do love fruit. And there's nothing like it. Because when peaches are in season, you can tell there's a different freshness to it. There's a different just crispiness like to the taste. Oh, it's so good. But when it's not peach season, then I move on to the next fruit. You know, apple season's coming up in the fall. And, you know, how many of y'all, we all know apples. We love apples. You know, apple blossom, apple harvest. Everyone goes apple picking. We love it. My point being is when you're rooted in the word of God, you'll begin to see fruit in both the good seasons and the bad seasons, in the hard seasons and the seasons where you have overflow. There's fruit in every season, not just the season that you're feeling, but we can only see that when the word of God takes control and we just begin to see things through this lens rather than the lens of my hurt, the lens of my pain, the lens of my poverty. God, we're gonna believe that there's more for me because you said it in your word. God's word is our foundation. And my challenge for you today is that we would know in our hearts just as well as we know in our minds. Know the word, study it, breathe it, live it. With every season that life has to offer, both good and bad, let's cling to the truth of God's word. Amen? All right. <laughs> uh, I'm going to hand this off to Carla. She is one of my favorite people on the planet uh, <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and hand it off to her, but please make some noise for the lovely Carla Bailey. Hey guys. Wow. How do I go after that? They are amazing guys. You, you really are so great. So my name is Carla Bailey and, um, I have seen you all a couple times and stuff, but I am the worship coordinator here at Abundant Life Church. So, yeah, yeah. Um, guys, it is such a pleasure to just be even given this opportunity. I am so grateful for the heart of our pastors, Pastor Kristen, Pastor John. Like, thank you guys so much for believing in the next generation. Um, and so today I get to share uh, with you guys about community. Yay. All the introverts ran away. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, no, but I, I'm really excited to talk to you about the importance of community. Because to be honest um, with you guys, it's not something that we, uh, my husband, Daniel, and I, um, really knew what community looked like and the possibilities of how great community could be for our lives. And so I just, um, when I was thinking about um, 
how to share with you guys. I was praying about this, and the the question that came into mind was, what's, what's community mean? Because community can mean a, a different thing to you and to me. And so I went to Google University. Um, it's, it's my favorite one. I'm just kidding. But I went to there, and I found the definition, and it said, um, a group of people living in the same place or having a particular characteristic in common. Uh, number two, it said a feeling of fellowship with others as a result of sharing common attitudes, interests, and goals. Guys, you know, when I read that, I thought to myself, what does my community have in common? Because to be honest, my community is here. This is this is my home. And I thought to myself, I could, I could I seriously can look at so many faces out here, and I'm like, we're all hungry for God. That's that's the biggest thing that is rooted in my community is the hunger for God. And we're not we're not all perfect. We're broken. But the best thing about that is in our imperfect, in our brokenness, there's so many willing hearts. The hearts to be willing in my brokenness, I'm here for you. In my brokenness, I'm here to pray with you and pray for you. And that is the biggest thing that I just want to encourage you guys. Um, to be honest with you, um, it was a couple years, about five years ago, Daniel and I, um, we just, we knew there was something missing in our life, and we didn't know what that was. We had friends. We had family. We have good friends and family, too, and uh, we just knew that there was something that we were missing, and God brought us here. God was so faithful, and he brought us here, and the beautiful thing about that is we really didn't understand what everybody had within them. Like, we just knew all of you guys were super happy people, and the coffee must be really, really good because everybody was so excited and so welcoming. Shout out to the welcoming team that's here and stuff. But, yeah. but we knew that there was something that each and every person here had that we needed. And it wasn't in just our attendance onto Sunday services that our community began. It was the moment that we decided to step into the obedience that God was calling us in serving in our life groups. That's where our community began, was doing life with other brothers and sisters that were just trying to do life and fulfill the calling that God had over their life. And so this morning, I just want to share with you guys, okay, how to get there. How, how do we get there? What's the steps that we need to do, take to better our community? And maybe you're like, I already have community. I'm good. But are you pouring into anybody else? You know, are you starting community? Are you beginning community? Because community can be within your church, within your family, within your job. And it doesn't take just a ministry position for you to be walking in the calling that God has over your life. And so I just want to share with you, you know, the Bible says two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. That's in Ecclesiastes 4, um, chapter 4, verse 9. And I'm going to be really honest with you guys. Um, Daniel and I, later, down the years, we had a baby. Yay. <laughs> but children are hard. Let me just tell you. Kids are hard. And I feel like everyone's like, yay, you're pregnant, you're having a baby. And they don't tell you what's behind the scenes of a baby and the amount of sleep you lose when you have a baby. And so it was in those moments where my community felt like they came armed. You know, in the moments of doubt, depression, and I did go through postpartum depression, in the moments where I told myself I'm not good enough to, to be a mom, I'm not good enough to be a wife and a mom, um, it was in those moments that my community, that my friends, 
my family came beside me and walked with me through those hard times. And sometimes you need the people beside you to call out the calling that God has for your life, to call out the truth that God has for your life. And it is in rooted in the word and prayer that they can call that out when you're too tired to pray. When you don't know that you can even come to the word of God because you just feel so ashamed with the depression and so ashamed with the doubt that you have rooted in your heart. So I just want to encourage you, you know, communities here, it's all around us. It takes your step of obedience to search for that. And for those of you, you're like, I already have community. That's great. And that's why I go back to who are you pouring into? You know, there's three questions that I constantly ask myself through every season that I'm going. Because I wasn't always a mom. And I used to think, like, I'm not going to do that as a mom. Like, Daniel, we are parents, and a pacifier is never going to happen. And then I had a baby, and I was like, give me all the passies. I'm going to try all of them. I bought them all on Amazon, and none of them worked. So, (laughs) but it is in those moments that I started searching for other moms. It was in those moments that I searched for other parents to share with me their wisdom. And so the three questions I have for you that you can ask and reflect yourself is, who am I pouring into? Is there somebody I'm pouring into? You know, we can always see, um, I love seeing new parents, <laughs> and I love seeing younger uh, couples getting married, because I'm like, oh, I'm going to be your friend later, <laughs> and stuff, and I love seeing that, and the biggest thing about that is, like, who are you pouring into? You know, God allows us to walk through seasons, but he also wants you to walk through those seasons and be able to share that fruit, share that fruit with somebody else, and my second question that I always ask myself is, who's my community? Who are the people that are walking beside me? We're not here to carry each other's burdens, but man, their help sure makes the grocery loads a lot lighter, you know? And I, that's one of my biggest things. It's like, you never realize how many people are sitting here and are walking through the same season that you are. And it seems hard, and the devil will tell you that, man, you're the only one going through this. You feel alone. You feel like, man, maybe I'm not equipped to be in the season that I'm in. Well, there's so many hearts and so many people here feeling the exact same way that you are. So just the biggest thing is be bold to share your story. Be bold to share what you're walking through. Yeah, yeah, that's that's tough. And my last one is, Who's pouring into you? You know, sometimes we feel closed off to that. We're like, hey, I'm living life good. I'm pouring into them. I'm helping them. And we're walking through life together. But who's pouring into you? You know, the biggest thing about that is, like, search for that person. Man, you're like, I want to be like her. Or whatever hunger that he or she has for God, I want that in my life. That is who you need to pour into you. Because we can never stop growing There's never a season where we have just fulfilled it until I really believe till God calls us home and stuff. And so just know you're not alone. We can't live this life alone. And God didn't create us to live this life alone. I mean, Jesus had disciples with him. He had disciples, people that he walked through life with, people that poured into him, people that he poured into. So if Jesus, the king of all kings, couldn't do this life alone, why do we think we can't? And why do we think we should? Isolation, being told you're not good enough, that is all a tactic of the devil, and he knows that. You know, and I love what um, Lucas shared earlier. It was Matthew 18, for where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. And I just want to encourage you guys, communities here, I'm here for you. Like, for all you moms, everybody, come on. I need you. And people that have more than one child, stay away. I don't want more. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I need your wisdom. I want people to pour into me. And I want to be able to share with others. And I want to be able to pour into others. And I just pray that you would feel a stirring and a shift in your mind, in your heart today, that you maybe you need to take that step. Maybe you need to take that step forward. And it doesn't just happen on Sunday mornings. It happens through life. It happens on Mondays, on Tuesdays, on Wednesdays, on Thursdays, when you feel like, how am I getting by? You know, 
I love what Lucas said. Sunday is a day of celebration. Here we are to celebrate what God has walked you through. And I am so grateful to have, I literally, I look around at these faces and I know that I have people here that are championing me when they know I'm afraid to be here. And so I just pray that for you guys, and I just pray that you're encouraged this morning to walk into the calling that God has for you. So I'm just going to close out in prayer, and Pastor John, you can come up as well. God, Lord, we just thank you so much for today. God, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness, Jesus. And I just pray that you would touch our hearts, Lord. God, that you would bring that person to us that we're supposed to pour into. Lord, that you would bring the fellowship to us that we're supposed to walk life with. Lord, and that you would bring that person who's supposed to pour into us, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness. God, we thank you that we can be rooted in who you are. God, we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed today's message. If you'd like to get in touch or would like more resources on how to live a successful Christian life, you can always find us at myabundantlife.com. Have a blessed week.